when people ask me to bring a devotional or just to think through the scriptures, I'm frequently thinking of James and 1 Peter. I teach biblical counseling, and both of those letters you may know are written to suffering believers, and so that's just where my mind goes. I'd like to address our attention just briefly in 1 Peter today, chapter 5, and it's going to be addressed to church leadership, and I know many who are joining us may not be a deacon, obviously may not be an elder. We're grateful for the faithful women joining us even today. But there's something here for everyone. I'm going to start reading at 1 Peter chapter 5, and it's going to be linking prayer in humility, and that'll be the meditation for today, uh, humility and prayer, or if you prefer, prayer and humility. In 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter writes, Therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder, and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. And then verse 3, nor yet is lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock, so many things one could say there. But a person in ministry, and I'm going to broaden this out even beyond just elders, because the principles for all of us, it would certainly include our many faithful women in ministry. Verse 3, nor yet is lording it over those allotted to your charge, but provide, but proving to be examples. What is the call to ministry it's not a call to lord over people. It's a call to be an example, an example of Jesus Christ. And if you said, what is Jesus like? There's so many answers to that. But I think maybe right at the top for me would be humility. And certainly we wouldn't have time to go to Philippians 2, but that God would come in the flesh. What humility? Jesus is the epitome of humility. We are all to be examples of what it means to be Christ-like. We should be examples to the flock, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3. So just real quick, those of us who do have the privilege, I was just talking to, we had a deacons meeting just this week, and we were being reminded to be an elder, to be a deacon in our fellowship should mean that we're the greatest servants because we should be Christ-like. And Jesus came, what, not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Peter continues in verse 4. When the chief shepherd appears, that's Jesus, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Verse 5 of 1 Peter 5, you younger men likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So what is one of the key items we have to remember? Verse 5, God opposes proud people. I'm naturally a proud person, and so are you. Every one of us has a flesh that we fight against, and we have to fight against pride. If we were to ask, I'll just use myself as an elder of a local church, if we were to ask people in general our elders and pastors, humble people, they ought to immediately say yes. And would they say our elders, pastors, deacons, typically proud? It should be. It would be never. 
because we're leading people in the example of humility. You say, why? Here's one reason, because of verse 5. God is opposed to the proud. To be proud means to be arrogant. It means to think I'm better than the next person. I'm smarter. I'm more spiritual. I'm closer to God. All of that's pride. And notice what God does. He's opposed. That means he resists proud people. If I want God to help me and I need him to help me, this verse tells me if I'm proud, I get no help from God. That to me is almost a scary thought that I don't want to be in the place where God says to me, Greg, no, you're on your own. But there's the second half of verse 5, which is awesome. But God gives grace to the humble. So the first thing we see is, number one, God opposes the proud. Number two, God helps the humble. Now, the word grace, you might know that word by different definitions, right? It's unmerited favor. And in relation to salvation, we frequently define it that way, and that's accurate. When we're talking about people who are followers of Christ, sometimes we define grace just a little bit differently. It's divine enablement. To put it differently, it's supernatural help. We all need God's help. That's grace. And to live the Christian life, we can't do it by ourselves. We need grace. How do we get grace? One thing we must do is put ourselves in the place of being receptive to grace. That's the end of 1 Peter 5, 5. God gives grace to the humble. If I'm not a humble person, I get no grace. Now, you might ask, what does humility look like? And this could be a lengthy discussion. The best definition I've ever heard of humility is having a low opinion of your own opinion. We frequently fight even in our churches and among Christians because I'm so convinced that I know things better than other people and I have a high opinion of my own opinion, true humility. The word actually, if you study this, some of you are are real serious students of the languages. In the word grace is the idea of low, humble rather, is the idea of lowliness. God gives grace to humble people. So we've seen two simple truths. Number one, God opposes the proud. Number two, God gives grace to the humble. But this is a prayer meeting. And you might be thinking, this is interesting, but what does this have to do with prayer? My question would be, what does humility look like? The answer is in verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. So if I want God to help me, I have to humble myself. And how do I do it? Verse 7 is the verse to meditate on casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All of your anxieties, all of your cares, right? Take to the mercy seat. Leave them there as the song goes. Every anxiety I have, see if this makes sense. Whether I'm anxious about my finances, my vocation, my church, my family, or I'm anxious about world events, and the spread of the gospel. I'm going to make an argument based on this text that anxiety is always linked to pride. Because when I take all of these anxieties and I think, I have to figure this out. I have to figure out a way to solve this problem. 
I have to be the guy to make this ministry work. I have to be the one who's responsible to see people come to Christ and follow Christ. That's a lot of anxiety as I put that on myself. But this verse says, humble people cast their anxiety on him. And we should be able to do that because the end of verse 7 of 1 Peter 5, because he cares for you. Casting my anxiety on him, I believe, is just another way of saying prayer. Prayer is casting my anxiety on him. Prayer is saying, Lord, there's a problem in my family, in my home, in my marriage, in my church. There's a problem in this country. There's a problem in the church at large. There are things we see that are very discouraging And anxiety is saying, oh, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I begin thinking, what can I do? Rather than humbly, verse 7, casting all your anxiety on him. And he welcomes it because he cares for me. It's not like I have to kind of get God's attention because he doesn't care for me. And I'm like, dear Lord, please remember, I belong to you. Please listen. And it's as if he says, oh, yeah, I forgot. No, he cares for me. His arms are wide open to me. If, If your faith's in Jesus, if you've repented of your sin and you trust in the gospel, he cares for you and he invites you to come. So what has this simple reminder been this morning? God opposes people that are proud. He helps people that are humble. What does humility look like? Humility is casting our anxieties on prayer. Anxiety is me trying to solve my problems in my own strength. Prayer is saying, Lord, I can't do it, right? I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. And Lord, I'm casting my cares on you. I trust even in our time of prayer today, that's what we'll do. Stephen.